This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. He's bad. He's beautiful. He's crazy. It's Rich Eisen. The best thing about us, though, is it's about us. That is the new slogan for RES Consulting. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Is he comeback player of the year? Russ, he's 34 to 1, Russell Wilson. Comeback player of the year? Yeah. See, people are even thinking it's possible. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show. Host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. Actor, Omar J. Dorsey. Coming up, Fox Sports Rules Analyst, Dean Blandino. Plus, your phone calls, latest news, and more. And now. It's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air, which means, you know, in case you're new here, there were two other hours <laughs> before it. That's how we do. I don't know why I decided to come on the air starting that way. I like when you do stuff like Just, that. <laughs> the best thing about us, though, is it's about us. It is. You know, it's honestly, like I've been thinking, Yo, what is the us. best thing about us? It's about us. You know? When you think about it. Just put your finger right on when, that. When you think about it. <laughs> I heard that sound, but I'm like, that is the, that's the new RES consulting. <laughs> Give it to me one more time. It's too good. It's too. It's just absolutely too good right here. The best thing about us, though, is it's about us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, we got Tiger Woods playing golf this week. That's right. <laughs> that's Hopefully doing job. that. Yeah. Hopefully yeah. dropping not great. That's Tiger Woods, oh, That is great. He looks so good, too. Does he? Oh, he I haven't said, seen him. Oh, he had a, he spoke this morning. Oh, he did. Yeah, he looks jacked. He said he's walking so much better. This all the surgeries in all the right. last year. All right. He wants to play one tournament a month in 2024. Oh boy, get me to April. Does he want the uh, the the John Rom deal that's supposedly on the table? Did you hear about that rumor? Six, well, six I texted you one responded I to thought it. the Live six Tour was hundo. supposed to lay off the PGA Tour players. Wow. I thought that was wow. part or. This is over. Is the, over. The agreement is uh, falling apart. The you think so? Yeah. If they're if the Saudis are knocking on John Rahm's door and saying, "How does six hundred million sound to you?" I gotta be honest, See man. Yeah, I heard that <laughs> the, <laughs> to play golf. I've read that the Fenway Sports Group is might be coming in to, to save what? the PGA Tour instead of the Saudis now. Oh, is that right? I've, I've so LeBron's going to come to the rescue with with your with John Henry, who I can't stand, and and Tom Werner. Yeah, potentially. I've I've heard that. Really? Yeah. I'm taking six hundred. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so you know what they could do? They could use that revenue to keep the next Mookie Betts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> to go get Yamamoto and uh, and Otani, you mean? Oh, there you go. Well, that ain't Why not? Out. There you go. They're too cheap. Let me tell you where Otani's not going. Let's, you know, we, we just talked about, um, by the way, Dean Blandino is about to come out here. His hair looks perfect. Yeah. Oh, he, by the way. He, yeah. Honestly, guys, I'm just telling you, he's going to show us all up. Yeah. You know, he's going to sit down with his hair looking Saturdays perfect. Saturdays and Sundays, Dean comes on. No to, challenge flag. Rules and yeah. no, like, cha- no challenge flag on that hair. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. He's doing it right. Speaking of uh, challenge flags, did you see the one from Matt Eberflus last night in the fourth quarter as the Vikings were driving? Um, he threw a challenge flag on a Jordan Addison catch yeah. saying it wasn't a catch. They upheld it. But at the point in time... He threw it from his sideline <laughs> all the way to the midfield Vikings logo. At the time, it was the longest Bears attempt of the night. <laughs> it was unreal. It was the longest attempt of the night. I wonder where you're going with that. Justin Fields. That's sad. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Luke Getze, the, the OC play caller, 
just concerned that Brian Flores was going to blitz him coming off the bus, which they, they do to everybody. And he just, like, was concerned about Fields' ability to read the defense and 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 trust what he's seeing and hit the hot receiver and manage the game with a crazy coordinator blitzing like crazy. And because every single pass attempt went behind the line of scrimmage, it felt like the ESPN broadcast last night at one point said the average completion of Fields' night where the receiver caught it, essentially, the average distance from the line of scrimmage was 0.3 yards. Jeez. What makes you think, what makes you think I'm going to miss this in March? Three yards. It was 0.3 yards from the line of scrimmage. Oh, God. And I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. That's wait, terrible. That's this is the same Justin Fields that made it to the Heisman podium, right? <laughs> like, it's the same Justin Fields that that – that threw the entire route tree on Georgia in a playoff game, right? Didn't he beat Michigan? He is, fun fact, the last, oh. last oh. Ohio State quarterback to beat Michigan. And in case you're wondering, this is Justin Fields' third year in the NFL. <laughs> Hashtag facts. But, like, what is going on? And I know he said he felt like a robot before, you know, in the season, and that made everybody flip out. And so that means Justin Fields is never going to give you a soundbite the rest of his life. But what the hell was that? And then at the end of the game, Brian Flores starts playing coverage, and uh, and Fields finds DJ Moore wide open over the middle. He ripped that pass. That too. was a ripped <laughs> dart. Ripped that. Thing. Yes, he did. Like he saw it, yeah. and he ripped it, and that won the game for the Bears, whose defense started playing lights out. I mean, Eberflus can call a defense, and I know Bears fans might be done with him. I don't know. This is a fascinating conversation. A fascinating conversation, because as you know, some. NFL narratives like John McClain die hard. <laughs> Case in point, Chiefs offense. It's no Tyreek Hill is going to cost them in the passing game, right? They won the Super Bowl last year. That thing's dead until they go three straight games without scoring oh, a point in the second oh. half. And poof, there comes the narrative again. Yep. Again. What's up with the Chiefs offense? And so the narrative is. Do the Bears have their next franchise quarterback in Justin Fields? And it's amazing how the only quarterback of that draft class where that's not a question is Trevor Lawrence. Everything else is, you know, Zach Wilson's just like the guy chosen behind him, third string this weekend, except Trey Lance is on his second team now. Mac Jones, I mean, as yeah. much as Bill keeps thinking about it. He's been benched five times I mean, this year. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's a lot of zappy time. <laughs> they should find Mrs. But Jones. Justin Fields has some incredible ability. He has got an uncanny ability to stay upright. Even sometimes to his detriment, that's how he blew out his thumb for a month yeah. because he didn't know when the play ended. Yeah, and he's a great runner, man. And he's got an arm. And here we are again. Here's the narrative again because the pick the Bears got from Carolina in this coming draft may be first overall again. And then the question is, if the Bears choose first overall again, are they going to allow Ryan Poles to be the general manager to pick it? Are they going to allow Matt Eberflus to be the coach to coach that player? And you got to make that decision like right away like you've got to do it right as soon as the season ends because if you have any doubts about it you can't you can't just go through the process you can't be like the Jets and let one general manager choose the the player and then bring in the new general manager after the draft I can't believe they friggin did that with Adam Gay still the coach what the, all right I gotta stop <laughs> But this I'm is happening again. Of the New York oh, stop Jets. it. That's, that's, that's way before. That's John Isaac. That several GMs ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
(laughs) But it's not about the Jets. It's about the Bears and what decision do they have in front of them. You know? And the next few weeks are 100% an audition, I think. You have to if you're the Bears. absolutely. But but for, for everybody, for the coach, for the quarterback, I mean, the general manager's already, you know, made his last move, by the way. Montez Sweat looks like a nice pickup, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, you get him if you will on the cheap because your second round draft choice in this upcoming draft ain't going to be Montez Sweat, who's had sacks in the last two games. Yeah, he's and calling. you signed him; he's yours. Chicago's next games. Next up, they're on a bye, and they come back. They're home against the Detroit team. It's the Lions' last outdoor game of the year. Mm-hmm. You know that, you know, we, we just saw the last time they played one another at Cleveland, home for Arizona, home for Atlanta, at Green Bay. Or, and if they yeah. don't, do you use that as a referendum that Fields isn't the guy? Because Caleb Williams is the guy. I'm telling everybody, forget about all this nonsense out there. I'm telling you. All the nonsense will be out there. The is he really coming out? Will end in the middle of January, and I I'll tell you how it's going to look. It's going to go like this. It's going to be an outstanding, beautiful Instagram post with a with a with a with a message, and it's going to be graphically wonderful. It's going to look great. It's going to be a picture of him, and it's going to be him smiling and whatever with a a, a heartfelt message saying farewell. To college football and everybody you, else, USC. all of it. Yeah, you yeah, might even my, is he going to include Oklahoma in there just to piss off Zach Rosenfield, uh, publicist of the stars? Thank you, Lincoln Riley. Oh, it's going to be all that. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to see him at the Super Bowl. Maybe we'll, he'll be kind enough to uh, come on the Rich Eisen show. Be fantastic. He'll be at the Super Bowl representing some sports drink. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Of something. He'll be there. Sandwich. And it'll be all conversations <laughs> about about him. Oh no, I'll go wherever I'm drafted. Yep. Wink. You'll have to answer all those questions. <laughs> then we'll see him in Indianapolis at the Combine, and he'll be wearing his pajamas. He ain't throwing. No, no. 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 Won't be there. And then all of a sudden, you know who's going to throw there? Maybe Drake May throws. Maybe oh, Penix yeah. throws. No. Bo Ni- Penix and Knicks. Okay, they'll, you know, all of them. We're going to see him in talk about how deep this quarterback draft class is. And then all of a sudden, it'll be like, look how these guys throw. And wait a minute. Did Caleb Williams cry on his mama's shoulder? No Wait a minute! Did he? No did he? Did he say he's just going to go home and Netflix and roll up with his dog? And didn't he? What? What happened at the end of uh, USC UCLA? He didn't even talk to the media. What's wrong with this kid? And then he's going to throw at this. He's going to throw at his pro day. He's going to light it the f up, and he's going to be first overall. That <laughs> We're is the close. way it's going to go. He's going to say it next time, DJ. I, cool I won't. Only. Cool only. He, I'm telling you. I've been around this block. Yeah, you have. So the Bears are going to have this choice because the only thing that could prevent the Bears from having this choice about Caleb Williams is if the Patriots actually get the first <laughs> overall pick in this draft. That is never. Brockman can't, he just can't control himself. This was me, Chris, you or me through the first 12 weeks of the 2020 season. <laughs> thinking that Trevor Lawrence was coming to the Jets. We're so close. I remember. And then, and then again, as I said at the end of last hour, the Jets, for some reason, won two games in a row. We're so close. How do those work? How do those work? Are those banners anywhere in in in, in uh, New Jersey? In Florham Park, are they, do they have anything in that moment that Frank Gore creased the end zone against the, the Rams? Creased huh? the end zone. Have any of those moments? <laughs> any, of the, any of the Greg with 3G Williams, you know, defensive game plans and laminate hung on a wall about beating the Browns in that day? Oh, remember that day? Oh, it's so great for the Jets organization. Great win. It was a good win. Caleb Williams is on the line. What do you do Oof. if you're the Bears? It is on. And every game's a referendum, and we saw last night. They came up with the W. And that win, by the way, just the the um, Chicago Bears over the span of an eight-day period might have the ultimate say or might have had the ultimate say in who wins the NFC North because they folded, if you will, against the Lions and stayed strong and didn't fold against the Vikings. Mm-hmm. And that may be the difference. 
One other thing before we'll take a break here. There was a moment in this game where I believe what it was Addison went on a 17-yard game, which, by the way, in a game like last night was like Javon Holland's 99-yard pick six on a Hail Mary, okay? Yeah. And uh, no, not a 17-yard gain. It's a four-yard gain because his knee was down. And wait, did the Bears challenge it? Nope. Replay assist buzzed in. Huh. So they're watching and they're buzzing in to fix stuff like that. It does work. But a million other things that they could fix, they're not allowed to. And other things that you think they should fix, they don't. One of the many mind-boggling, frustrating aspects about officiating. So we're going to hold Dean Blandino fully responsible. (laughs) But at least his hair is perfect. The former head of NFL refs, Fox Rules analyst, Dean Blandino is here. That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All right, back here on Roku, our radio audience rejoins in a matter of moments. Good to see you, Dean Blandino. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I think I... I think we might have first met at an owner's meeting when you got the gig, right? I think when so. When you took over for yeah, Pereira as the head of NFL Pereira, refs? 2013. Yeah. Big shoes to fill. Yeah. He actually gave them to me. He gave me a pair of shoes. He gave, he, yeah. Well, I so mean. You have to fill these. Yeah, I mean, at least, at least you were in the office when coaches called. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. No. Um, Mike's taking strays here? Yeah. Uh, he's he's probably at home convalescing yeah. anyway. Yeah. He, Mike knows I love him. But, no, that that we, we got word when he started doing the NFL Network segments, the official review yeah. segments, that um, that he couldn't do it on certain – like he couldn't we, – we used to do it right away. Yeah. And he wasn't in the office because we were doing the segment together. And it was a day when coaches are really calling. Needless to say, that that thing got pushed to like Thursday. Of yeah. the, of, like it got pushed way <laughs> out. We in the had league. one time he wasn't he wasn't feeling well, and they asked if I would do it, and I said, "Yeah, that's fine." Official I had never review. Done official review on yeah on total access. And you've never seen a more miraculous recovery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like Osweiler thinking he's getting in the game and Peyton Manning yeah, yeah, yeah. comes running out. Well, here's my moment. I have my helmet. I'm ready to go. And here comes Mike. Like uh, Willis Reed. Funny. You know, he's just. You take your headset and yeah, yeah, throw yeah, it down like right. Osweiler. And there goes, yeah. there goes Mike out to the studio. That is funny. <laughs> Mike, if you're out there, we're sending our besties coming yes. off of back surgery, right? Yeah, he's yep, coming recovering. Out. Okay, we just good. had back surgery, so he's doing, he's doing well. Okay, great. 
Fantastic. So Dean Blandino is here. Our radio audience is about to rejoin, and then we're going to get right into this thing. It's going to be fun. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Fox Rules Analyst and former head of NFL refs, Dean Blandino, back here on the show. It is good to see you. I'm throwing you right in the line of Let's fire, go. Dean. Let's go. Roman Wilson, touchdown for Michigan. What do you got for me? Because Ohio State fans are like, oh, we should have won by one point because that's seven points. That guy over there thinks that the ball was moving. What do you got it, for me? It, it, what was, do you got? it was definitely moving. I think the issue was control, right? To me, whatever they called on the field had to stand. Okay. I, it, it wasn't clear and obvious to change it. You've got the end zone involved. So Wilson looked like he had it. Once he once he has it long enough and we're in the end zone, it can't be a fumble at that point, right? It's either a touchdown or if he doesn't have it, it could have been an interception. I thought whatever they ruled on the field, they had to stay with it was just one of those plays where it's that close and there's there's subjectivity to it does he have control is it firm control right how long does he have it it was one of those plays okay so there was nothing clear and obvious to overturn yes. it uh, you ask anybody from scarlet and gray and they'll they'll say there was absolutely something if that play on. happens at midfield that's an interception right it and that's a great point because because I think if it happens at midfield not that the rules different I think the officials lean interception i think they say survival of the fittest and they go interception and now we're stuck with again ruling on the field's interception it's not clear and obvious well, what's the difference change. though why does it the have difference to be like is that in the end zone? zone once he has possession and knees down it's over like right? that it's right over. there like that right there well, and he yeah. does have possession of it yeah. like there there who, who is has possession there? you could see if to take a look back at the but play. that picture, you can't tell me no, who has take, the ball No, no, no. Take sure. a look back at the yeah. play. He's got two hands on it, and his knee is down, and that's when the Ohio State guy tries to rip he, it he out. He pulled it out late. And, and so if it's on yeah. the 50-yard line. The officials ruled possession in the end zone. Right. Over. It's over at that point. In the field of play, the rule isn't different. I just think the officials probably might they might have let it play out a little longer, right? Because now you don't have the end zone involved. But, again, neither here nor there. It was too close to change. And now eight years ago, was that a proper spot? No, I'm just kidding. All right. Um, let's move to the NFL right now because I think the NFL has an officiating problem from the point of view of the fan. The fans believe that officiating has never been worse in the National Football League, and that's how I start this conversation. Would you agree with that assessment, Dean Bland? I, I don't know if it's if it's never been worse. I've heard this before. I've been involved in NFL officiating since 95, okay. and, and we've heard this before. It's worse than it's ever been. It's terrible. It's this, it's that. I think the scrutiny is greater. I think the technology, I think the access that we have, the angles, the, the, the technology, The 4K everything, of it all, too. All of it. And I think there's a disconnect between... When you watch when you watch a play at full speed on the field from one perspective, and then then you take that play and now we're going to analyze it from four different angles and super slow motion. There's a disconnect, right? The officials only get that one look. I do feel like we are getting we're getting worse on the field because we're relying too much on replay and we're relying too much on technology to help us. And I think we're getting away from really the on field officials and getting them to a point where we don't have to go to replay. We can get it right initially. Really? So what, what the point of that is, is what that the, the officials are not focused as they don't need to be focused. as focused in, in, in the moment because they know there's a backstop. I think they're focused, but I think they're relying too much on replay. They have their wireless communication. They have somebody in their ear. They're not being as decisive, and they're wanting help from upstairs or getting help from upstairs. Huh. And they're not. I think it, I look, I've said this before, and I look at it this way, right? Think of the newer cars today. The newer cars today have all the bells and whistles, right? The, the, you, you back up, it beeps. You got the rear view mirror. You got the, the camera, all that stuff. Drive a car from 1995, try to pull out of your driveway. Like it's, it's right. You become, we're worse drivers today because we have all this technology helping us. And, and that's what I think is happening with the officials to some extent is we're relying so much. How many plays have you seen where it's a clear and complete pass, but they don't make a decision and they let it go, right? They let, And then we come back and we have to put it back and reset the clock. 
So I think we're relying a little bit too much on replay. I think replay is great. I think we need to add it in some instances, but I think we we need to work on the officials and getting them back to basics. Before we get to to that, but what about plays that are have nothing to do with replay? Uh, for instance, how is Josh Allen not being taken down yeah. by the back of his jersey and the front of his jersey that is ripped as the son of Ed is staring right at it, man? I mean, and 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 that's so damaging when that happens. Like he's looking right yeah. at it, and those types of plays, um, you know, uh, uh, Justin Herbert getting hit just as he's going out of bounds or just as he's gone out of bounds. No flag there, but let's flag the offensive lineman that's clearly inflamed by the moment. Sure, like let's let's not let's let's not just let it all play out. Let's let's just be a robot about it. You know, yeah. that sort of stuff and the conversation I hear out of that is that if there were more year-round reps and conversations if these folks were full-time employees instead of letting them be moonlighters then that stuff would be cleaned up. How do you answer well, I that? I think the, the idea of full-time officials, it's a term we like to throw around. I think they are as full-time as anyone can be in season, right? I think they are just, they watch a ton of film. They work hours upon hours upon hours. Like what? Getting, give me, give me, give, so let's give people an idea you're going of this. To, okay, so you're going to work your game, right? You get in the day before, you're going to go through an entire pregame the day before on Saturday, Four or five hours, then you're going to work the game. Like, what's the pregame though? The like, pre you know the players. You're you going know? through. You're going through, and that's the preparation during the week. They are scouting the two teams. If we've got the Eagles and 49ers yes, playing sir. on Sunday, yes, sir. Okay, that crew is going to look at the last couple of weeks. They're going to look at if those two teams. They'll go back to the playoff game. They'll look at all of those things. Look for trends, just like the teams are scouting. Spend their time looking at film. Spend time looking at film. Looking at tendencies what as a group or as individually. Individually during the week because they all live in different places. Yes, sir. And that, and I think there's. Can we get together now with Zoom, the virtual world? We can do that. They have conference calls. They'll go through. And then on Saturday, they'll go through. Okay, we're going to go through, right? The Eagles, obviously, short yardage. This is this is the brotherly shove. Here's how we're going to officiate. Here's what they do. All of these different things. So that's what goes into a week of preparation. They get the evaluation of their previous game from the league office. They're going through that. Mistakes they made. Things they need to work on. Mechanics, positioning, communication. All of that. So they're spending you know, 30, 40 hours a week looking at that stuff. And it used to be you you had a full-time job and you officiated. Now, when you get to this level at the NFL, you're a full-time official and you have a job on the side or you don't even have a job on the side. I think where they could get better in the offseason, getting officials together more, getting them to OTAs, they, they go to training camps now. Anytime you can spend more you yeah. know, more time at your craft, you're going to be better. You're absolutely going to be better. So I think, I think that there's an opportunity there, whether we call them full time or not. I, I don't know if the term means anything. What about getting, you know, having them call some of these spring games for other other leagues? Absolutely. Honestly, and we've like, had those conversations. We've had those conversations. What's the holdup? Money? I, I don't money? think there is. Is it money? I don't. I don't think there is. I think you you, and that's always been. You know, the NFL has more money than than they know what to do with right so they have to put the resources in i think spring football is an opportunity we used to have nfl europe where officials would go so i think the new spring football league right the xfl the usfl is is merging um i'll be a part of that i think there's an opportunity there to have you know first or second year nfl officials work in that league or maybe it's an official you're thinking about becoming a referee I think there's an opportunity there. So how of uh, Dean Blandino, uh, former head of NFL refs, Fox rules analyst here on the Rich Eisen show. So how, how do these guys get and ladies get better? How, how do they get better? Because there's a, and I, and I understand it's, it's, it's fast. Yeah. I, I've stood on the sideline myself and for them to see stuff as it's going that fast with people that big becoming even bigger because there's pads yeah. and helmets on. It is remarkable how much they get right but the stuff that's getting wrong seems to be coming home to roost a heck of a lot more in recent years. Yeah. So what 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 happens? Like what goes well, it down, is, man? It's, it's reps. It's it's actual reps on the field. It's video. It's and holding the officials. A lot of people don't know the officials are held accountable. How right? so? They are they are evaluated on every game. They're evaluated on all the calls they make. They should have made. 
the positioning, the mechanics, all of it, their rules knowledge, they have to take exams and, and, and pass those exams. And that evaluation, right, that accumulates throughout the season. And if you don't grade out, right, you're in a, you're in a, they have a, a tier system. And if yep. you're in a lower tier, you're not getting a postseason assignment. Then you're kind of going into a remedial training. And then if you don't get up into that acceptable range, they let you go. So, so it's just not right. We hear when a coach gets fired, we hear when a player gets cut. We don't hear about those things when officials get let go, but they do get let go. They are held accountable. And I just don't know what what is the expectation because I've had I've had you know Bill Belichick told me the same thing that Jim Caldwell told me in two separate conversations. They both said there are three groups that affect games: coaches, players, and officials. And he said coaches make the most mistakes, then players, then officials. They make the fewest mistakes, but officials are expected to be perfect, right? They're the only group that's expected to be perfect. And I just don't know if they're ninety five percent accurate. We're never going to get to 100, so what is the acceptable? And I'm not, believe me, I'm not defending. I get more frustrated when I watch, you know, the, the Justin Herbert play or I watch the, the Josh Allen play. And sometimes that's just they missed it. Sometimes we need better people. We need better training. All of that goes into it. Well, two things. When you say that uh, officials are the only out of a groups of players and coaches who are expected to be perfect, I think Dak Prescott would like a word. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Thank you. I thought you were going to say the broadcast. No, 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 broadcast no, 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 no. I wasn't yeah. going me. Yeah, but no, no. The rules uh, analysts are perfect. Yeah, that's, that's true the only too. Group that we that's actually true too. meet. The, yeah. But yeah. secondly, in order to help, and I know you made a point earlier that you think technology is causing a little bit of a hitch and a giddy up, a second guess, not being as yeah. crisp on a call as possible. But I mean, how how could you not need it? When things happen oh, so bang, no bang, how could you not we open it up to absolutely it. everything? Because we're it's the technology is already there, and it's confusing to fans as to when it is used. Perfect example, on Monday Night Football, Jordan Addison, 17-yard gain. Nope, it's really a four-yard gain. Why? Replay assist has buzzed in, four-yard gain because his knee was down. Great. Why not use that as to whether a player's helmet did actually collide with a head and neck area. Why not actually use it to see if that really is roughing the passer? Why don't use it to really see if the player that is clearly being hit in my mind as he's going out of bounds was in fact out of bounds like Justin Herbert on Sunday night football. I don't for the life of me understand it. And I would like to know what is happening. And look, I've been involved in the NFL. I was there when we brought replay back in 99, and I've seen the evolution. Mm -hmm. But I I agree. I think there's an opportunity. We did it in spring football in the XFL last year. We gave the coaches one challenge, and you could challenge anything. 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 And I I remember being in meetings with Wade Phillips and Reggie Barlow and, and, and Heinz Ward, and they were peppering me with questions. You know, can we challenge this? And I'm like, guys, my answer is going to be yes to what at any officiating decision you can challenge once. And we did it. And they challenged 43 times. We changed on the entirety on of the, the entire season, season, not in the game, not in the game. <laughs> right. they, 43 times we, we overturned 11. So we corrected what we felt were 11 obvious mistakes that impacted the outcome of, of games. And I think there's an opportunity for that, right? I don't think we need to get into every little second on the clock or every yard, you know, it's a 28 versus a 29. But when you do have big 15-yard game-changing penalties, let's give, use the technology, let the officials officiate the play, not be thinking about replay. But then, hey, coach, you think the official made a mistake? You think it's a horse collar? Use your challenge. So, but what about, Scott, the, the, the pushback whenever I say this, to somebody in the league or competition committee or ownership is, well, what about when there's no penalty called? Yeah. Do Cause then, then the game we now becomes a million, way. a million years long. We we said you could challenge if, if the flag wasn't thrown. But, but what I'm saying is that even if the flag wasn't, so you're saying you put it in the hands of the coach to challenge. Yes. Not, and not because, That's, because right now you're stopping play. You're cre- you're correcting mistakes to save the coach from a challenge. That system is in place again. And we, I don't know when it's used because I'd rather the, the league use it instead of a turning a 17 yard gain into a four yard gain. I'd rather say, use it 
when the spot of the ball is so way off that cost the Rams a game, but 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 the coach that's was it. out you of a hit challenge. The nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. But and that's, that's when you could. That's what I was talking about earlier with the technology. We're correcting things that aren't as impactful, and we're not correcting the major ones, yeah. right? And like I think game, that's, that was game over that's for the Rams. We, that's what we have to. That's what we have to get to. And I think the idea of a sky judge, the concept is good, but they're just. You have to limit it, right? You can't just say, we can't just reofficiate every play and, and look at, it. oh, well, maybe there was a hands to the face on that play. Maybe there was, I got to look at all 22 players. You're just, you're never going to be able to do that. So how do we limit it and get, and that's why we came up with the coaches challenge to say, hey, you've, you've got one opportunity, break in case of emergency, break glass in case of emergency. And, you know, and, and I think going forward, we'll say, hey, if you win one, you get a second one. And those types of things where you can keep it limited, but correct an obvious mistake that is truly going to have an impact on the outcome. Of the I game. would say any flag that's thrown for 15 yards should be sky yeah. judged. Yeah. I, I, not I not ones that, that haven't been called. Yeah. I don't disagree but that's, with that. That's where a coach can come in and use my challenge. You missed yes. it. I'll use my challenge yeah. there. And maybe, yeah. you know, because there's so many of these, they get it right, they get another. Yeah. I don't any know, or one and a half. Or, you know? or any player safety foul that's the flag is thrown, that going through kind of an all-clear process for, yep, it's a flag or no, pick it up. Right. I think that works. Yeah, you, you already can, have a stop clock, right? Right, and, the, and, yeah. and officials are already huddling. So even yeah. if the decision isn't made out of the huddle, yeah. it still looks as if the officials on the field have made the decision yeah. And I kind of dig that idea because I'm watching every roughing the passer replay through my fingers like I'm watching a horror movie. I'm like, how is this one going to piss me off? We're all over the place with roughing the passer and the problem. And we've gotten away from this idea of body weight drives me nuts. Because when I started, you had to actually do something. You had to lift and drive or lift and slam, do something extra and now we're just saying if you just tackle the quarterback and you don't get your body off to the side, it's 15 yards. And that to me is mind boggling. It's mind boggling. Uh, I have a question. Dean, do you think there's more scrutiny on officiating now last year because of the prevalence of gambling? No doubt. No, no doubt. The the people that look, I get it. And, and with sports gambling, and that's a part of, you know, now it's legal in, in however many states it is. There's no doubt that that has increased the scrutiny on officials. And I think the NFL has to take that seriously. They really do. Because if you're even and especially if they want a piece of the of the of the pie, you're going to have to put in controls to say that our games Matt, like think about the NFC championship game in 2018, right? The that that where that egregious missed call is the pass and the, the pass, pass interference, interference right, right. You, the the you can make a case that the that the wrong team went to the super bowl yeah i know there's a lot of other things that happened during sure. the game but there's no doubt gambling has a big big impact on how people view officiating and and it's not going to get it's not going to decrease yeah we're seeing commercials eh, do, do this prop it's player this xyz first to score a touchdown all yeah. of that stuff and you're seeing Calls against, maybe not missed. But I also have to push back but, here and people say. People look at that and go, well, what is going on? No, I get it. But officials are completely clueless when it comes to that. No. But yeah, officials are completely. They have no idea. They, they have they no idea. And, and that's where people. Now, I know that people would say that that's naive or whatever. But it, look, I, I've never. The officials have no. They honestly. And sometimes, look, sometimes they just miss it. Right. They just screw up like we all screw up at times. There's nothing nefarious. There's nothing sinister. It's and they don't think about they don't know point spreads and they don't know any of that. The the amount the vetting process that goes into being an NFL official is insane. And it's a process that continues when you're in the officiating department and you're part of the, the, the staff and you get your banks, you know, your bank accounts checked and your and your your associations checked and all of that. And the NFL has third parties that look at the gambling lines and how calls affect those IP lines. IP addresses so and everything, it man. Is, it is, yes, because the what the NFL does not want, and one of the things that kept me up at night was a, was a, a you know, quite frankly, a Tim Donahue situation, right? Yeah, That's, you don't want that. And so they are, they are kept, you know, so far away from that part of it, and they just... They're just people out there doing a job that's really difficult, and they want to get it right, and sometimes they screw up, and... But scrutiny has never been greater. And then just a personal question for you, because 
when you're on the spot, you know, you get a call. Hey, get on the air. Okay, you're talking in front of 35, 40 million people, and this is a wild moment. And you know if you're saying they blew it, you're calling out people you used to be the boss of or your friends of. Because sometimes I see some of the officials who do your job, former officials who do your job, and it's just like, are you not seeing what the rest of humanity is seeing? How could you sit here and defend that? And I'm wondering if just like it's so tough to criticize your your pals, sure. you know? No, I mean, my my approach always is I try to explain the rule. I try to explain what the officials or what replays looking at and then yeah. give my opinion. If I disagree with a call, I will I will articulate that. I think there's a way to do it without being disrespectful Uh, you know i think there's a way to do it without really throwing people under the bus but you know and and i'm sure there have been times when i've gone on and i've been on the fence a little bit and you're just trying to get your thoughts together but my approach is always if i disagree with the call and i think it's wrong i'm gonna say that i just i just i'm mindful of saying it in a way where it's not you know adding fuel to the fire hey it's a tough call I disagree with the call. Here's what they were looking at, and then and then go from there. And then just lastly, um, making ch- the changes that are required that we're talking about, yeah. Sky Judge and things like that. It's and I, I've I've been around obviously the NFL since 2003 with the NFL Network's advent um, in our 21st year, and I just see it's it it it's like turning around a tanker ship. Yeah. Like it's got a it's got to start in year one and by like year 10, they'll understand the tuck rule was dumb to begin with. OK. And and the catch rule and things of that nature. So is there a, just a sense of like such an old school ownership? And I'm not just I'm not calling anybody out. There's just there's a sure. lot of owners who have been in the game for a while or have had, you know, things handed down. And then there's new owners who are coming in who might take a different look at it. Yeah. Is there. What's what's the politics of making a change yeah, based think, on all this? I, at think? first, there has to be an acknowledgement that there's an issue. And and the NFL, as long as I've been involved in the NFL, there has been, and not again, not calling anybody out, but there has been this sentiment of people are always going to complain about officiating, right? right? There, this, this isn't any different. But I think, because I'm closer to it and you guys are closer to it and you watch it, I think what we're seeing is we are seeing some things where we're not as good as we were. And that acknowledge that and say, okay, what can we do to, to fix it? Can we get the right people? Can we get the right processes in place? Work with the competition committee. Look at replay. How are we going to expand this rule? What do we need? But I, I think it starts with recognizing that we have an issue. And I don't know if all of the decision makers at the league office really feel like there's an issue. And the same point. thing with coaches and, and whoever's on the competition committee. Because, again, I've always said I, I got to have a spot on there because <laughs> and, and, and be, the meetings would we'd have to we'd have to plan longer meetings. Oh, by the way, we, uh, <laughs> I, I'd it. also I'd also have to say say in the catering, the catering. Please. Yes. yes. Um, but in, in all seriousness, and, and I'm just throwing my name out there for various reasons. One is because of the name of the show. And, I'm, you know, there's an I in Rich and Eisen. But I think there should be somebody on that staff who talks to them about what the fans are yeah. thinking sure. and saying. Because you could sit here and say as much as you want, ah, people are always going to complain about officiating. But there is a perception. And the perception itself is a problem. And I know ratings are through the roof. Thanksgiving Lions Packers through the roof, the Monday nighter between the Chiefs and the Eagles through the roof. It's great. But still, there is a perception problem that needs to be addressed I when think it comes it to this part of it the game. Absolutely does. But if that perception problem doesn't affect the bottom line, I'm not that's where you get that kind of that glacial progress. Like you don't there's no sense of urgency. Uh, because, like you said, it's a runaway train, the NFL, and, and it's because the game is so good, right? It's just amazing, and the league has done a tremendous job in marketing, and we have tremendous people and tremendous players and personalities. Right. Um, and I don't think officiating, I think some people just feel like, yeah, it's, it's always going to be that way. Dean, thanks for coming on. I'd love to do this more often. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is great. Yeah. love seeing you on there. Certainly when you say Michigan touchdowns should – Stand is called. I think it's a great part of your job. That's where we started. That's where I think we're it's in. great. We'll it's end. called yeah. full circle. <laughs> Fox Dean, Rules analyst Dean Blandino can here. Can I just verify one thing? Yes. Uh, Des did catch it though, right? 
It depends on what rule. Excuse what me. Year, <laughs> what year? What year? What hey. rule? Under today's rule? Yes. Under the rule back then? No. <laughs> Correct. That's it. That's it. Facts. Facts. I'm still upset. Sorry, Talk pal. Rule. Same no matter what you say. By the way, unfortunately, uh, uh, Chris Weber still called timeout too. It happens every single time. I mean, that is true. Thanks for coming on. This is Dean Blandino here on the Rich Eisen Show, sending him back to Fox to rule. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I played 11 years. You did. They've been to the Super Bowl nine times. Damn. And I didn't get there once. Right. Think about that. Right. And I was one pick away from being drafted by the Patriots. What happened? The Chargers drafted me. I know that's what happened. They didn't. They didn't. But so come I, up, they didn't come up and come get you. So or? I went to. Uh, so I went on a visit to the Patriots, and that's when Charlie Weiss was the offense coordinator. Mm-hmm. And I go to Boston, and I, I really like to visit. I like Charlie. I love Charlie Weiss. Did you meet with Bill? I did meet with Bill. You know, we sat in his office right above the stadium, right there where you're looking out at the stadium. And we really just sat there. We really didn't talk about much. We just looked at each other. You know? What do you mean? So, what do you mean you just looked at each we other? Kinda, like we just Bill was staring like in st- each other's eyes, you know, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying it was awkward? No, I mean, I just, you know, you know how Bill is. He just, there's only a few things he probably wants to know about you. And I, I guess he was trying to get a sense of... You know, was I passionate about football? As most coaches coaches do, you right. want to invest the first round pick on a guy. You want to make sure they're passionate. Do you think they would have chosen you if you were available? Well, they said they were going to cho- choose me. Charlie Wise promised me if I was there at six, because they needed a running back. They needed a running back bad that year, and so uh, yeah, when the Chargers drafted me, I think they took Richard Seymour. Richard Seymour. Pick. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, worked they out. Did, they did work out there. there. They there. worked out quite <laughs> good. Have you ever brought up to Brady when you've seen him? Like, no, I, never brought it up. You could have been Robin, his Batman. I, I, always, <laughs> I always thought about, you know, what, what would that be like? With I'll all due respect to right Antoine now. Smith. All due respect. Yeah, I know, right? To Antoine yeah. Smith. I know. It would have been a little different. <laughs> a little yeah. different. No way. Yeah. I'm kind of getting freaked out. <laughs> Our full archive, people like Ladanian in there, YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. All right. Mike Del Tufo, I feel like we're back on Shark Tank. You have a, you're pitching an idea to help officiating. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes, uh, and, I, and you I have said forwarded this, this to the honchos, highest, highest people. At five. I said it. They should have like an America's basically like American Idol does, where you get to vote. You get ten people. It could be five people. Whatever. It's got to be where you don't you don't have a an odd number is what you're saying. What are you voting exactly. on? You're voting on if there's a penalty. You just do like America's Choice. Now they don't have to overrule it. But just see what people, like you said, the fan, you were saying it. The fan sees. Like, we all see something. So you're saying, and that's what that's what would count? No. In the game? Not at all. Okay. No, no. I, I want to take it one step further. I think. So you're saying, hold on a second. Before count. we go. So you're saying that, oh, just put up on the screen, is that holding or is not? Hold, exactly. And then you have like a snap poll. And you have a snap poll. Like American like, Idol. Exactly. What good does that do? If you can't like, what does that anything? do? We just, you know. It's just like, interactive. It's, it's interactive. making the broadcast. If I wanted to know what everybody thought, I'd go to that Hellscape X. What <laughs> does that help me? That pretty much happens. I no, think, I think, you th- test, TJ, you brought this up. Test mm-hmm. things out in the spring leagues, right? Yeah. 
So USFL, XFL. And it actually stands as called by America? A jury of 13. Okay. Yeah. And and you challenge, someone challenges it. Probably more, I bet. We already have a problem in our country. Not to get too deep here, but we already have a problem in our country of people who aren't expert at things being no, placed in positions never, where they are in charge. You yeah, never put someone like me It's like our caller said, I'm, you know, I'm all right. Informed football fan. Bryce and Howell, Michigan. Let's take this call. What's up, Bryce? Hey there, Rich. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm I'm honestly doing great, man. Um, <laughs> I was at the Michigan-Ohio State game on um, on Saturday. I wanted to give you my thoughts on that. You know. And so uh, one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is, I'm not sure if they showed it on TV, but when Zach Zinter went down, the entire crowd started chanting, let's go, Zach. And yeah. That actually got the team to get up and come to the center of the field. And when they picked off that ball in the fourth quarter, Rich, I have never seen the big house explode like that. I've mm. been to 30-plus Michigan games throughout my life. And, oh, my gosh, it was, it was it a just, memory I'm going to have for the rest of my life. It meant something different, Bryce. This game meant something completely different because, again, it was – um, it was the last one where uh, winner moves on and loser has the most likelihood of going home. Um, it's from from now on it'll be for seating or for um, or for a home field and the only bigger and thanks to the call Bryce the only bigger Michigan Ohio State game uh, certainly with everything with the Connor Stallion stuff on the line and Ohio State ready to pounce and saying and any Ohio State Buckeye fan that denies this is out of their minds. Ryan Day absolutely was poised to go to the podium and be 1 million percent smug about, well, now you know why we lost the last two years. Now you know why I've had trouble beating this team. It's not because of what happened on the field. It's because of what was going on with Connor Stallion's legion of cell phone users. They were absolutely ready to do that and, and, and throw everything that Michigan had been building and had been doing to Ohio State for the last two years totally under the bus. They were ready to do it. And uh, put it all together. The only bigger Michigan-Ohio State game that will ever be ever again is if they meet in the playoffs, which is, by the way, I think entirely possible. I mean, yeah. and, and I would bet, like, when, because it will happen, probably next year, Michigan and Ohio State make the playoffs together. I bet you the powers that be will place them in opposite ends of the bracket. Why wouldn't you? So, yeah. They meet. If they meet, it's for the mother load, Oof. for the entirety of it, which will dwarf this past Saturday's game. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, <laughs> we'll just take it, <laughs> sit back, and uh, reminisce yeah. about what used to be. And what used to be was Michigan and Ohio State would play each other, and the winner would move on and the loser would go home. And what used to be was Ohio State – Bitching and moaning about Connor Stallion's uh, scheme, ticket buying scheme, and that was exactly what was going on, and the reason why Michigan was actually flipping the script on him. And let's uh, let's be part of the chorus to get Jim Harbaugh suspended, only to lose to his interim. <laughs> and that's what we'll have. That's where we'll be until the next time. You know, Rich, I was, I was... No, there's really no... There's nothing more I need to know. I was texting with Ben Lyons after yeah, the game. What do you got? Maybe I'm too much in the memorabilia oh, okay. now. Rod Moore, when he intercepted that ball, he dropped it. You know how much he could have sold that ball for? Uh, yeah. Somebody would have paid huge money for that, that. That's neither here nor there. I'd rather bask in what I was talking about. <laughs>